This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Well, our scripture this morning is the Holy Gospel according to Luke 3, Luke 3, 15 to 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. With the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us, Thanks be to God. Well, as we've already noted this morning, uh, we've entered an interesting place in the church calendar known as ordinary time. In other words, it's not a special season or holiday time such as Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, or Pentecost. It's just ordinary time. But the truth is, most of our lives are lived in ordinary time, right? We wake up any given day, try to find our glasses, perhaps, wander to the bathroom, splash a little water on our face, brush our teeth, and wonder why we still haven't invested in one of those automatic coffee makers that you can program with a timer so that the coffee's already ready when you wake up. I would ask Christy why we haven't invested in that, but... Uh, She's left the shed, still feeling a little under the weather. And then you make breakfast on this ordinary day, if there's time, and you get on with the day, right? Some of us are dealing with getting kids ready for school. Others of us are preparing to go off to the office or the work site. And others of us may have a less hectic routine. But no matter what stage of life we are in, so many days are just that. Routine, ordinary, nothing special. And yet the collection of such days and weeks and months that feel fairly unspectacular, these comprise our life, right? These normal everyday days are your life. And of course, as such, they're anything but ordinary. Well, we've been dumped on uh, as 
many of you know, with snow here in Holland and across West Michigan, and I was on the roof of the shed uh, just the other day shoveling snow off, just to be careful, it gets heavy, all that snow. And I was up there on the roof, and the snow kept coming down. And I paused in the midst of all that shoveling, my hands getting a little bit cold on the shovel handle. And I looked around across the back 40. It wasn't blue skies and sunshine that day. It was still snowing pretty heavily. And I just saw the snow falling gently, covering everything. The pine trees and the shrubs were bowed low, heavy with snow. I could hear birds chirping. And as I looked around, it was just spectacular. It was just spectacular, right? It was like being inside of a snow globe. Everything was quieter, softer, and more beautiful as it was overlaid with this beautiful blanket of snow. Right? It was just an ordinary moment. Yet it was a profoundly sacred one. Now, St. Francis of Assisi understood that the physical is the doorway to the spiritual, that the finite manifests the infinite. We just recently, of course, celebrated Christmas and the divine coming to earth, the incarnation. And Richard Rohr says that if we accept this foundational principle we call incarnation, then all we need is right here and right now in this world. This is the way to that. We're always looking, right, for something else, for something more, for something other, when right under our feet and before our eyes is everything we need. Everything is already waiting for us. And the ordinary, it turns out, is anything but. And in our text today, we get a glimpse of this. Luke tells us of what no doubt started as an ordinary day, and yet it, he says the people were filled with expectation. They had seen and heard amazing things from John the Baptist, and they wondered if he, in fact, was the Messiah. But John reminded them that no, someone more powerful than I is coming. Well, what had piqued their interest, right, in what John had said and done? Well, remember, we explored some of this during Advent. Uh, we looked at the earlier part of this chapter in Luke 3, when people were coming up to John the Baptist, hearing his message and saying, well, okay, then what should we do? What should we do? And remember, John gave them the simple instructions, right, of the simple principles of sharing with those in need and treating everyone with respect, right? If your neighbor needs help, John said, then do something about it if you have the means. And then here in our text today, we find out that John has also been speaking prophetically to the intimidating and powerful ruler Herod. He spoke about Herod's personal and political abuses. He spoke truth to power and tried to bring corruption to the light of day. And Herod responds by putting John in prison. So just to pause and note here, because we could gloss over this part and hurry up and get to the baptism of Jesus, the one that the people thought was the Messiah was a troublemaking rabble-rouser, or as they used to call Father 
Daniel Berrigan, a holy outlaw, right? John's words and actions rooted in justice were incredibly powerful. It moved the people to come out and hear him, right? In throngs from cities out into the wilderness. And yet he says, there's one coming who's even more powerful than that. And so before he's put into prison, John had a chance to baptize many people, including Jesus. And so Jesus enters the waters, enters into the river, right? A very regular mundane thing. Most of us have waded at some time or other into a body of water, a lake nearby, maybe like Michigan, a river, a pond, a smaller lake, the ocean, right? A very regular thing. We probably didn't think much about it. And yet as Jesus enters the waters, the sacred is revealed. Our text says the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. The divine is revealed in a human being. An ordinary moment is anything but. Franciscan sister Elia Delio explains that St. Francis came to realize that it is Christ who sanctifies creation and transforms it into the sacrament of God. The intimate link between creation and incarnation revealed to Francis, she says, that the whole of creation is the place to encounter God. And so as his eyes opened to the holiness of creation, Francis came to see that there is nothing trivial, trivial or worthless. Rather, all created things point beyond themselves to the Creator. And so here in our text today, right, we have an explicit moment when the curtain is pulled back. And the truth is, even our dullest, most ordinary moments are filled with the sacred. But can we really believe that? Right? Is shoveling the driveway or the shed roof a sacred moment? Is working our way through our email inbox a sacred moment? Is scrubbing the toilet a sacred moment? Is cutting your finger like I did yesterday or pretty bad? Is that a sacred moment? Richard Rohr says that Franciscan spirituality emphasizes a real equivalence in mutuality between the one who sees and what is seen. What you see, says Richard Rohr, is what you are. Of course, we're speaking about a physical as well as spiritual sight here. And Rohr notes there is a symbiosis between the mind and heart of the seer and what they pay attention to. And Francis, when out in nature, would encounter animals, plants, right, birds, trees, even elements. And he would call them brother or sister because he first honored his own dignity as a child of God. And so the world of things, in many ways, was a transparent two-way mirror for him, right? Because he had experienced his own holiness he knew that everything around him that he encountered was also holy. 
David Reynolds writes of such an encounter. He says, one day walking along the beach, I spotted a rock. I spotted a rock, slick and shiny. It attracted my attention and I picked it up. But on closer inspection, it turned out to be shiny, he says, because it was wet. As it dried, the rock became ordinary. It was just a rock. I was disappointed at first and I almost threw it away. But the rock had been wonderfully smoothed by the sand and the waves. Although it was a plain rock ground smooth by the elements like this one I'm holding here, it turned out to be worth keeping, even treasuring. He says, I found another rock as I watched the beach, as I walked the beach that day. It too had been ground down and polished by reality, and it too had no sharp edges anymore. When I walked too fast, I missed these small, smooth rocks that so fascinate me. He says, they are my cousins somehow, models of what I would like to become. But here I am now. Beautiful. Now, if you've collected rocks on the beach, you've experienced this, right? When a rock is wet, it appears beautiful. And if there's any patterns or colors, right, they're all the more brilliant. It's a moment that reveals something special. David Reynolds says, but then it dried and it became an ordinary rock, right? It became ordinary. He's, I love the line. He says, it was just a rock. What a letdown. But he kept looking and he looked deeper. And as he did so, he glimpsed the time of ages past, the pounding of waves and surf and the smashing against other rocks and elements, its sharp edges slowly, slowly, slowly smoothed over. And suddenly he knew he held a treasure and in that rock, he saw himself. He knew that he had his own sharp edges that yet needed smoothing. And his eyes were open to see what was there all along. That is a sacred insight, a sacred moment. Right smack dab in the middle of the ordinary. And it's all waiting for us, friends. If we have eyes to see. Amen. And may it be so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.